how often do you get swept away by emotions? Like you get totally intoxicated by life's highs and lows. It could be the thrilling rush of new love, the sharp sting you feel when disappointed, or maybe just the simmering frustration of a really trying day. All of these experiences can leave us questioning if it was the whiskey, the tequila, or the wine. Sorry, I couldn't resist. I just heard Drunk on Your Love on the radio, and um, I always like to bring in a little bit of music. Seriously, though, when our emotions are out of whack, we can feel very disoriented. In turn, sometimes we find ourselves questioning our responses. Emotions hold tremendous power over our thoughts, actions, and well-being. So today, I'm going to discuss harnessing that power, how to not be reactive with our outbursts, and to grow and be more fulfilled. So as Valentine's Day reminds us, emotions are central to relationships, but their influence also shapes work, health, and our overall life journey. Welcome to the official podcast of True Basis Health, where we focus on living a life that connects health and mindset for optimal well-being. In each episode, Mika Hill, certified total well-being coach and perfect health educator, will cover bite-sized topics ranging from transformational well-being practices to maximizing mindset and how to live a rewarding life full of purpose. Here's your hostess, Mika Hill. I want to take you back about 25 years ago. I was working on a team project in Atlanta. A particular incident comes to mind, and this is where emotions could have really commandeered the controls. My teammate and I had just been killing it. I mean, we were pumping out reports like nobody else, and we had become the go-tos for projects. Well, this large portfolio came in, and the goal of the company was to make it appear seamless, like one person had reviewed all the properties in the portfolio. So this teammate and myself were assigned to do the project together. We were fast. We were efficient. It was a good fit. Well, long story short, it didn't turn out as seamlessly as they wanted. And we were both faced with harsh criticism from our boss. He publicly reprimanded us on this important project. Not only was our confidence shaken because we were both independent contractors, but we were, at least I can speak for myself, a bit embarrassed. I mean, it was a group meeting and he pointed out all of the mistakes. So in this turbulent state, it would have been very easy to react impulsively, to not want to continue on, to hide behind those feelings of embarrassment. However, We both held each other up and we practiced emotional resilience. We took a little walk outside, put our heads together, and we figured out how we were going to fix things and get our reputations back as the go-tos for projects. The reality is projects come and go, jobs come and go, friends come and go, and emotions come and go. Wise responses often require 
a bit of space between the stimulus and the reaction. And that's what we did. We gave it space. We went outside. We took a walk and we figured out what we were going to do. Then we came back and we did it. Rather than acting defensively or shutting down, we asked for specifics on the issues. Well, they kind of gave us specifics during the meeting, but we got even more specific. And then we took time to reassess. After processing those feelings of embarrassment and frustration, we put our heads together. We merged with this plan for clear expectations moving forward, and we revised the work, which, by the way, checked all the boxes, and we were back on track. Here's the thing. It was definitely a learning experience in more ways than one. But one thing I can say for sure is our resilience transformed an emotional crisis into a growth opportunity by pausing our reactions in favor of a thoughtful process. Now, I'm not saying I've always been emotionally resilient. It's definitely a work in progress. Uh, A few months before, a friend literally just stopped returning calls. At first, I figured she was busy, but after weeks of silence, I felt overlooked and sad. And I wondered if I had upset her somehow. Did I say something wrong? Did I do something she didn't like? It just did not make sense. You know how when you become fast friends with someone and time just kind of stands still? I mean, we would literally go to dinner at six and shut a restaurant down, just chatting. And there was never silence. We were always talking. It would seem like only an hour had passed. And I know it wasn't just on my end, but suddenly, radio silence, crickets. Eventually, worry gave way to anger over losing a friendship without explanation. And here, my unmet need for communication and connection fueled emotions that hijacked my judgment. Instead of responding constructively, I wallowed in confusion and grief and resent and finally apathy. And when I reflect on this experience and others I've had with people in my life just going missing these days, I remind myself of what a mentor says. People are in your life for a reason, a season, or a lifetime. And I actually did a podcast on that. Go back and check the archives. But that's a story for another day. The reason why I share these two comparisons of how emotions have shown up in my life is twofold. First, it reveals that sometimes we intuitively handle emotions better than other times. And secondly, that we are constantly growing in our responses. We use data from past experiences to fuel how we're going to respond this time. And psychologists believe how we respond comes down to resilience. It's also called emotional agility. Resilient folks understand feelings are just one data point when responding to life stressors. The less resilient take every thought and feeling at face value, and they allow emotions to overwhelm reality. That said, it stands to reason we should all want to be more emotionally resilient, right? I mean, I don't know about you, but I'd rather ride the wave of emotions rather than drown in them. But I'm sure you'll agree it's easier said than done. I mean, resilience takes work, like real work. So I want to give you a couple of questions to consider as you assess your emotions. As I ask the questions, 
consider if you feel more like an unruly toddler or if your emotions point you toward the higher version of yourself, okay? So first question, do you often get hijacked by emotions doing or saying things you later regret? Number two, do you struggle to bounce back after turmoil? And number three, do intense feelings frequently become self-fulfilling prophecies? And look, these are just questions to consider. How you answer them doesn't mean you're bad or less than. It's just giving you an idea of where to focus as you continue your growth journey. So last question, number four, do emotions often leave you feeling intellectually paralyzed? If you answered yes to any of these, don't worry, because the first step is awareness. And that's what I love about the expansion experience, my signature framework. That's my only shameful plug today. But seriously, no one has perfect emotional hygiene. Here's the thing. Building resilience is possible, though, through concerted effort. So I want to share a few tools that help me tame my inner toddler. And before I do, I want to reiterate that this is not a one and done. It is a constant process. We are constantly growing with our emotions, but these tools are going to make it a little easier. So first, you need to create space between whatever the stimulus is and the response, just like I did with my friend when we were working on that project. This is whether it's personal, professional, or anywhere in between. The first thing you've got to do is pause breathe and process before reacting. I have a friend who calls this his seven second rule. Other people put different time amounts to it, but you get the gist. You need space. Think of it like that commercial where the guy takes the bite of the candy bar as an excuse to have a few minutes to think before he answers his girlfriend's tricky question. Um, and then she goes, do I look fat? <laughs> he takes a quick bite of his candy bar. That space of pausing and breathing short circuits your brain. It hijacks the situation so your logic can catch up. Now, the next thing you want to do is actually label your emotions by asking, what am I actually feeling? You'll realize just how many emotions are available when you look for words. I actually have an emotions wheel that I share with clients, and it's really interesting how many nuances to emotions there are beyond the main ones we think are okay. Here's the thing. When you actually name the emotion, it takes away its power, at least a little bit. It's like the intensity is diffused. And this layer of witnessing is placed in between you and the emotion, and you can objectively examine it. It's weird, but it's so true. So label the emotions. Another helpful technique with emotions is reappraisal. And this is where you assess a situation once the emotion fog clears. Personally, it's a bit difficult to do on my own when I try this because my mind spins stories and I can't wait for that emotional fog to clear. But this is where my coach's skills are very useful. I've told you all that I use a coach and I recommend coaching. But if you have a particularly emotional situation that you're too close to, it's helpful to talk to someone else. And in my case, I'll share with my coach what's going on. They walk me through a few questions so I can objectively look 
for uh, contradictory evidence to my initial judgment. And let's face it, when we are overwhelmed, even the best of us can lose our self-awareness. So finally, regardless of where you are on the emotional intelligence spectrum, accepting and validating your feelings in the moment with self-compassion is critical. Beating yourself up for having emotions is always going to backfire. You are just being human. And I can't tell you how much implementing techniques like these have helped me gain perspective in other relationships. That whole deal with my bestie has happened again (laughs) with other people since. And it leaves me to question things again. But once that initial sting passes, I look Uh, at what's really going on. I take responsibility for my actions. I acknowledge my unmet needs and I've developed healthier coping strategies. I came to realize better ways to handle feeling cast aside. And in that, creating space to process my emotions was actually able to salvage a meaningful relationship by reaching out with a clear mind. So here's the thing. Resilience matters beyond relationships. At work, regulating emotions enables solutions-focused problem-solving rather than conflict. At home, it prevents taking loved ones for granted amidst life's chaos. For self-care, it can improve sleep, diet, exercise, and mental health. Emotional equilibrium even aligns better with our values and sense of purpose. Learning this skill does wonders for overall well-being. I know I allude to this often, but true well-being means more than just feeling happy. It means having the strength to sit with discomfort when growth demands it. And growth is always going to demand a bit of discomfort. So to listen fully to our range of emotions and respond thoughtfully, we need to cultivate resilience. And that's resilience essence, not immunity to feeling emotional upheaval. We're always going to have emotional upheaval in our life, but the ability to skillfully ride each unique wave every time it presents itself. So on this Valentine's Day, this day of love and emotion, I want to encourage you to notice emotions with curiosity rather than judgment and consider what positive purpose they might serve, even the painful ones like grief. And if you feel overwhelmed, don't hesitate to seek support. Most importantly, treat yourself with compassion. Emotional resilience is a lifelong journey, unique to each one of us. We can only do our best today and then repeat it again tomorrow. I hope my experiences provided a fresh view for applying emotional intelligence because resilience determines how we meet expectations and needs in every life domain. It allows us to harness the power of emotions from the view of our higher, wiser self. Until next week, hugs and kisses and X's and O's. Thanks for listening to True Basis Health. Please post a review and subscribe to our channel. And as you move through your day today, remember... A clear mind is a powerful mind, so cultivate clarity with awareness. You've got this.